And higher than the mountains that I face He's stronger than the power of the grave He's constant through the trials and the chains One thing, one thing Remains your love Your love never fails and never gives up It never runs out on me Your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love come on sing it out because on and on here we go and because on and on and on and on oh come on yes it overwhelms and satisfies my soul and i never and I never end. Oh, come on, sing one thing, one thing. We, one thing, one thing, one. Oh, yeah. We sing your love. Your love never fails and never gives Sing it out this morning. Your love. It never runs out on me. Your love, come on, tell them. Your love, Jesus, never runs out. Your love. Come on, because on and on, here we go. Because on and on and on. That overwhelm you this morning. Overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I never ever have to be afraid. One thing, one voice, we one thing, one thing, one oh remains. Sing the love, your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never Oh, it's your love. It's your love. Sing it again, your love. Your love never fails. Cool little fear this morning. Sing on my soul. Sing on my soul. It never runs out on me. Your love. Come lift your own song of worship this morning. Oh yeah. Lift you forward. Come on, worship. We worship you, Lord. Oh, let it dance to rise in heart. Come on and tell him. Come on and tell him. Come on and tell him. Come on and tell him it's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh. It never runs out. Go sing it. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. 
Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love, oh, it's your love. Come lift the shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. Lift the shout this morning. We come before you, God, in worship. Oh, hallelujah. You give us worship. Whatever the Holy Spirit does to you this morning, if you want to run, <laughs> if you want to dance, if you want to sing, if you want to lift your hands before him, or come on and just engage in that right now before we sing this next song. Let him captivate your heart this morning. Oh, we want you. Singing a song to you. Oh, worship and worship and worship and worship and worship. Kina namaso, suna namase, sika namaso, oh, namase. We worship you this morning. We worship, we worship you this morning. Oh yes, 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 oh yes. So good. Oh, he's so good to us this morning. If you could just lift your hands all across this place. Right now, fill us up, Holy Spirit, right now. So can I say, I want you to fill us up, Lord. I want you to fill me up. Come fill us up. Oh, so can I say, can I say. If you feel with the Spirit, go ahead and start speaking. Go ahead and start singing in the Spirit. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit. Song, you are good, you are good, you are good when there's nothing good in me. You are love, you are love, 
on display for all to see you are light you are light when the darkness closes in you are hope you are hope you have covered all my sin yeah come sing you are peace you are peace you are peace when my fear is crippling you are true you are true even in my wandering you are joy you are joy you're the reason that i seek you are life you are life and you death has lost its sting yeah come sing this part singing oh and oh i'm running to your arms i'm running to your arms the riches of your love will always be enough nothing compares to come sing it out light of the world light of come sing you are more you are more you are more sing it out you are lord you are lord all creation will proclaim you are here you are here in your presence i made oh you are god you are god of all else i'm letting go yeah come sing it no and oh i'm running to your arms I'm running to your arms, the riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace, the light of the world. Oh, sing and oh, and oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms, the riches of your love will always be enough nothing compares to your embrace I, come on just a voice and sing it oh and oh i'm running to yours will always be enough nothing compares Sing my heart, my heart will sing no other name, Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing. No other name, Jesus. She can't tell this morning, my heart, my heart will sing. No other name, Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing. No other name, Jesus. We'll sing now, my heart will sing. My heart will sing. 
No other name, Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing. Lift your voice. No other name, Jesus. My heart will sing. Oh, my heart will sing. No other name. Come on, sing out. Jesus, Jesus, my heart will sing, no other name, Jesus, sing and oh, and oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms, the riches of your love will always be enough, nothing compares to your embrace light of the world for sing and do and oh I'm running to your arms I'm running to your arms the riches of your love will always be enough nothing compares to your embrace light of the world forever And oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm singing out. Holy are you 
Consumed by you, we set our lives apart. We are consumed, we are consumed by you. So, we are your burning ones, we are your burning ones. We are consumed, we are consumed by you, and we set. We set our lives apart. We are consumed. We are consumed by you. So let this heart be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls with your desire. Let our passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Let our lives. Oh, fill our souls, our souls. So let this love, so let this love be like a fire. Let our lives be like a flame. Fill our souls, fill our souls. Passion bring you fame. So let this love be like a fire. Fill our souls. Oh, you must shout praise. We worship. Oh, we give you praise this morning. Oh, to you, to you, to you, to you. for humanity, that he would die and take our place, that he would die for sinners like you and me. Jesus, we thank you for your unfailing love that was displayed on the cross on Calvary. Our hearts burn within us, Jesus. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you paid the price. You paid the ransom for our sin. You took our place. Oh, God, we love you. We love you. If you love Jesus this morning, tell him in your own words. Let's love on him today. Let's not just sing songs. Let's let, let it come a song inside of your heart that you just sing to the lover of your soul. Oh, Jesus, you are so beautiful. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being the lover of my soul. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. If he has set your heart free today, love on Jesus this morning. Oh, we love you, we love you, we love you. 
we love you, Jesus. You are worthy of our praise. Your word says that if we don't praise you, the rocks will cry out. And there's not going to be any rock that's going to take my place this morning. If you don't want a rock to take your place, I want you to start talking to Jesus. Tell him three things that you're thankful for. Tell him three things that he's done for you that you're so grateful for. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for my new life. I thank you for purpose. I thank you for peace in the midst of suffering. I thank you for forgiveness of sins and healing from sickness and, and freedom from my sorrows. Oh, God, you are worthy of our praise this morning. You are worthy, King Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, from everlasting to everlasting. You are the bright and morning star, and we worship you. We worship you because of who you are. You are good, and what you do is good, God. Woo! Glory! It's all about you. It's all about you. It has nothing to do with us. We gather to come and worship you. We worship at your feet. Oh, Jesus, you are worthy. There is no other God besides our God. Woo, there is no one like our God. You are mighty to save. You are mighty to save. Hallelujah, Jesus. We prepare our hearts this morning for communion. If there's anything in your life right now that would hinder you from partaking with us this morning, just say, God, I ask for you to forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Make me white like snow. I'm going to read out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, starting in verse 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus, we thank you so much for the cross this morning. And Lord, we gather together as a body of Christ to partake, to remember your sacrifice for us. We thank you for your body that was beaten and bruised and nailed on the cross, for your blood that was poured out for the sins of all mankind. We thank you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you guys can follow the ushers leading on this side, and on this side they'll lead you, and you can come and partake with us this morning. We cry, holy, holy are you. Our hearts are burning, burning for 
with us just worship with the band today we're going to worship as you finish we're going to just sing this one more time yes God today this is holy God unto you but it's not a funeral we know that you raised from the dead we know that you're alive today we remember the death burial and the resurrection Come on, we remember the resurrection too. That they can't find your body. They know where Muhammad's body is. They know where Buddha's body is, but they can't find yours because you've ascended physically to heaven. And where you are, we will be one day. And in our spirits, we're there right now. Come on, man, let's get excited. Come on, congregation, lift up your voices. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, give him praise today. Oh, he's been good to you. He's faithful. Yes, God. We love you. You are alive. We are are in our hearts today. We long for your coming again, Jesus. We long to see you again, sweet Lord. Hallelujah. You fill our hearts with joy. You fill our hearts with good things, oh God. The fullness of joy is in your presence. Oh, we receive. I receive today good things from a good God. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We 
today that you are here that when we remember you God oh Lord you show up God and your presence is so strong in this place right now Lord we're preparing Lord for battle for souls next week God we're lifting up these souls even now to you would you just pray for them right now for the next few moments your five the five people you want to see come to Easter and be touched by God. Come on, now let's turn it from us to the community, to the world. But God wants to pour it in us to go through us. Come on, let's just lift up their names right now. Let's lift up their names right now. Praise the Lord Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, we lift up our five to you right now. I lift up John and his family to you, God. I'll be having lunch with them today, God. We, we pray, God, that you will touch their heart. Every person here, God, they have five people that need to know you. We lift them up to you, God. We lift them up to you, Jesus. Bring them next Sunday, God. Let the presentation touch their heart, God. We were once lost like them, Jesus. We were once lost like them. We didn't know you either, oh God. We didn't know you. But God, you brought somebody into our lives, God, to preach to us, to bring us to church, Father. Use us now to do that for others, God. Come on, saints, a few more moments. Use us now, Jesus, to do that for others. Begin just to rebuke the devil right now. He's warring for their souls. He wants them to go to another church where they won't hear the gospel. He wants them to stay at home and cook their meals and get ready for a family day. Come on, war against the devil. Devil, loose them and let them go. In the name of Jesus. We come against you, principality of religion. You false spirit of religion. We cast you back to hell where you came from. You spirit of deception. That would tell a man or woman they're right with God because they had a priest give them a wafer and juice. We rebuke you, you religious spirit. You demonic spirit from hell that keeps souls captive. We rebuke you now. We rebuke you now in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, Satan, we war against you. That religious spirit that would damn men's souls to hell, being deceived, loose their minds now. Let the gospel light shine in their hearts. Oh, God, for our family members, for our friends, for our co-workers, God, shine the gospel light in their heart, oh, God. For the backslider, bring them home, God. For the wayward one, bring them home, God. For the atheist, the unbeliever, God, the one addicted on drugs, God, bring them home, Jesus. Just a few more moments right now. I just sense God breaking 
the powers of Satan. Man, I just feel authority being given to us right now to bind on this earth what will be bound in heaven and to loose on this earth what will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, you're able, God. You love them so much, God. More than we could ever imagine, you love them. Oh, praise God. Would you hold somebody's hand right now as a family? We're just going to just pray for each other. Now, God, I thank you for each person here. Now, God, I pray that you will move in their life, that you'll move through their family, that you'll use us, God, to touch a world for you, that, God, we will be the people you've called us to be. You'll bless every one of us today even more than we have been blessed already. And, Lord, then you will send us out to change the world for you. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, If you love Jesus, can you shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Come on, shout it again. Hallelujah. Glory. Woo. Will you stay standing? Greet about three or four people with a high five. Tell them you love them. Welcome to Metro Praise. We're going to pray this welcome video. Come on, stay standing and welcome some folk here tonight or this morning. Come on. God bless you. for you it is so good to see you here this morning god is blessing this church with you and we're so glad that you're here if you're glad you're here can i look can i hear you uh just look at me smile and say i'm glad i'm here can i hear you say that amen see i'm glad you're here see i just needed to know if you're glad you're here because we're really happy you're here can you look at your neighbor and say i'm glad you're here Let's just go overboard today. Let's go overboard with love. Welcome to our Sunday morning 9 a.m. service. God is showing up. 
and uh, Sunday morning also at 11, second service. And then Wednesday, encounter nights at 7. It's when we do our midweek Royal Rangers Impact, boys and girls clubs. And then we also do family fun nights. And we just had one of that past. It's the last Wednesday of every month. But it was a touching one, the Passion of Christ. Did anybody come and enjoy that? Amen. About f- there you go, about half a dozen of you. Let me tell you, God is moving on those Wednesday nights. If you're looking for something to do with your family and friends, it's growing, and God is showing up. And then elevate. Come on, elevate every Friday night. God is blessing them and doing great things at 730. And something real special that's coming up for them is that they are going to be doing an Easter uh, Good Friday service this Friday. So, Adam, why don't you tell us about what's going on this uh, Friday? Amen. This Friday we are starting service at 7 o'clock. Generally, on the flyers you see for Elevate, start at 730. But we want it to be uh, more um, welcoming and friendly for the parents who want to start early. Um, so it's going to start at 7 o'clock. Families, please come on in. If you're here in this service and you're thinking, hey, I want to join, I want to do something on a Friday, I want to go to service, you are more than welcome. It's going to be for adults, uh, for the youth, and we're just going to talk about what Jesus did in that cross. And just take some time to really just uh, get that message across, especially for the parents of the youth that will be here this Friday. Amen. Let's give it up for Good Friday service. Come on. It's going to be awesome. We want you guys to show up. It's going to be good. And then Easter Sunday. Uh, guys, would you put up the, uh, the slide for me? My thing's not working. We've been asking that you would pray for five people, five minutes a day, that they would come. We're going to give you these flyers right now. We not only want you to have five today, we want you to take them all, leave some for second service uh, ushers, but I want you guys to have a ton of these now because we got one last week to get the word out. The presentation is going to be powerful. We're going to watch the video one more time. This will be your last time seeing it. But we're asking you to pray five minutes a day for five people. We talked about that last week. Can everybody say five for five? Thank you. So I want you as these uh, flyers are coming out to you right now to think of five people's names that you want to see come to this service. I know a lot of you are getting announcements and different things. If we could just hold off on the announcements and offering thing, we can do that in just a minute. Uh, Let's just get the flyers right now. I just want everybody to have this, please, because I want us to focus in on this. Easter is the Super Bowl of the church. It's the time of the year when people just by default, they go, yeah, I'm going to church. You know, they get that in their mind. 70, 80% of Americans are going to go somewhere next Sunday for church. We want to believe that they will come here. We're not saying that there's not other good churches out there. We're just knowing and believing that this Sunday coming up, there's going to be a salvation message given here, and it's going to be the kind that will change lives. Okay, ushers, will you just stop for a minute? Berta, will you just look up at me? Would you just stop? I just need them to focus on this. Thank you. Let's give it up for Berta always helping out. Amen. He's doing good. But I want you all to get your flyers out in front of me. That's what I need you to to have in your hand. I want everybody who has flyers. If you don't, usher. Okay, this whole side does not have flyers. Okay, let me see this side right here. Come on, flyers. Come on. I want want you guys to fold. How about this side? In the back, let's give flyers back here. This is what we need. I want everybody to show me on this side. Do you guys got them? Okay. Thank you. We do things like this because we believe that God has called us to win lost souls. We do productions, um, excuse me, presentations like this because every soul is valuable. Now, 
there was a time we did bigger productions. There was a time we did bigger things. And then I saw something begin to happen. I saw that people would come then religiously to the productions. They would then, <clears throat> it's like, excuse me, the production would just become another religious thing for them to do. Nothing against it. I'm not saying churches who do it are wrong. <clears throat> but I began to see the gospel was lost in those bigger things. Not to say you can't do big things for God. I'm just saying for us. You know, we would do these big productions. We would spend weeks and weeks and weeks doing it. And then it's like our gospel message would be, you know, the last five minutes of that production. And then, you know, then we would expect you to come back to church. And the old saying is true. What you win them with is what you have to keep them with. So, you know, then they come back next week and there's no big production. There's nothing really special like that going on. And then it's almost like boring. And then now they look at it like, well, I'll go to that church for Easter because that's my religious thing to do. And so now they say, well, I'm going to go there for that religious production. Do you guys get what I'm saying? Because Protestants, non-Catholics can be religious too. Are, are you tracking with me? And so then people just start to say, well, I'm going to go to that production. We purposely take away the frills and the chills. There's going to be something powerful presented here, but we take away the production aspect of it specifically because on that day there is one chance that I get as a preacher to talk to your friends and family clearly about the gospel. And the gospel is not a TV show, it's not a movie, it's not entertainment. The gospel is mankind is lost on their way to hell. Jesus Christ is the only hope. And with Jesus, he'll bless you and change your life. That is the gospel. And we do not want that to get lost in the middle of a production. And once again, I'm not saying productions can't be good. We will have little special things we're going to do. There's going to be an illustration I will bring here, his pain, your gain, that I think will make a point to your friends. But that illustration is not the point. That is not the point. What the point is, is that the gospel will be preached. And I want to ask you a question. Do you know somebody that needs the gospel preached? Come on. Do you know five people that need the gospel preached to them? Would you right now just fan them out for me real quick? Just fan them out for me right now. And just think of those five people. I'm just asking you to do this for me. I don't do this every week. After next week, we're done. We're not going to do this again. I'm just asking you to do this right now. Would you think of them right now? For some of you, as you're thinking, I want to tell you that you've got to step out of your comfort zone. Some of you have been talking to the same people over and over and over again. And that's wonderful. Be consistent. But you know what? You maybe need to go to somebody else. Sometimes you need to start inviting other people. You need to go to another co-worker. You need to go knock on another door. So some of you are like, well, I'm praying for my mother, brother, sister, grandma, and grandpa. And I get that. And you should do that. But maybe there's a co-worker you've never even invited even one time. You need to think about inviting them. Maybe you've never even talked to your next-door neighbors. And let me just share with you a testimony as you're thinking of your five. Oh, Jesus, my heart's just touched right now. Father, as you're thinking about your five, I'm thinking about mine. And there's a next-door neighbor named John. I know his name now. His name is John, and he has a wife. Don't know the wife's name yet, but going, going for that. And he has a son, and his son just made the USA team, uh, junior Olympic team for hockey. So I know, I know his son's loving hockey. And then the wife's brother is a chiropractic guy. I met him yesterday. And then there's another child that I don't know. And then I've been praying for them. And they invited me over today for some ribs, and we're going to hang out. 
And I'm bringing some flyers over there. Jesus. And when I hand them to them, I don't know when I'll do it. I don't know how I'll do it. But I want there to be a sincerity when I say, guys, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you, man. My wife and I have been in our bed at night, and we're just about ready to go to sleep, and we're tired, but God reminds us, and we've been praying for you. Why? Because your soul is important to us. We don't just want to be the next-door neighbor, the preacher living next to you. We want to be light in your life and darkness. We want you to know Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. I don't know if I'm going to be able to say all of that, but when I hand it to him, I just want to say I've been praying for you, and I want it to mean something before God in heaven. Are you listening to me today? I want it to mean something before God in heaven. I want heaven to hear my prayer and then for it to touch their heart. I want it to mean something today. I want it to mean something today. Would you think of those five as we just pray right now one more time? Father, we're going to hear a message today. We're going to see the video again. And and God, it's all pointing towards how to invite them to come. And God, we, we... We love them, but we don't love them as much as you. It's impossible. But we ask you today to give us a heart, just to touch our hearts with a taste of how much you love them. And show us the ones maybe we've overlooked because we're so consumed with the same ones over and over again. I know for a year and a half, I've been inviting everybody and anybody to events, but I overlooked my neighbor. Today, God, you've put them on my heart so strongly it brings me to tears, God. I pray that for everyone right now. That this will not just be another production. This will be a time when the gospel is preached and heard and lives are changed. In Jesus' name. And can you say amen? Amen. We're going to watch the video one more time. It's going to be a presentation based on the movie, The Passion of the Christ, His Pain, Your Gain. I hope that you haven't got bored of seeing it. Let's watch it again. Thank you. Let's give it up for Jesus. 
He did that for us, and we're going to focus on that, and then the resurrection is going to be powerful. So we want you to come out, bring your friends and family. There's going to be something very just drawing for them, uh, something to draw them in as we got free candy for all the children, you know, little gift bags. It's going to be awesome. And then free family portraits by professional photographers in the church. So, you know, come in your best. You know, come as you are, but if you want to dress up, dress up and watch uh, your friends get saved, and then take a picture with them, post it on Facebook, and be like, this is where I was at Easter with my friends and family. God showed up and he had to blow up. Can I hear an amen? Amen. This is our vision right here. Loving God, loving people. Can everybody say loving God? Can I hear you say love people? Amen. That's why we're here. We want to connect everybody to the cross, to teach them the cross, and to send them out with the cross. Monica and our church redid our website. We're going to put it up for you right now. And as we put up our website, let's give it up for Sister Monica in the back. She redid our website. Thank you. Dobje, you did a Dobje job. Thank you. We're going to put it up here for you, and this is a resource for your friends online that you can reference them to our website. And for the first time, we have our website so clearly laid out with our vision, Connect, Mentor, Send. And I want you to see it so that when you're here, uh, you know, when you're not here and you want to show your friends what's going on at Metro Praise, you can go check out the website. So go to the Irving Park campus. That's where you are this morning. And then you'll see this big invitation, all of this. But you see right there at the bottom where it says Connect. Now roll the, uh, the mouse over that, please, and look what pops up when you roll over connect. You'll see life groups pop up. Thank you. And then roll over mentorship. Discipleship pops up. And then you roll over send. Missions or evangelism pops up so that they can see exactly how we are connect, mentoring, sending. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And then if you just scroll up the page, you'll see that our main event is always going to be up there. So right now it's Easter, the main event. And then we'll put the upcoming events up there. And uh, just keep scrolling for me, please. And then you'll see the most recent sermon. Every Sunday sermon will be right on the front page for you, along with our sermon series. You can click on it. And then the most recent blog, if you'll scroll up a little bit. Once again, let's give it up for Monica for doing that for us. She did a great job. Thank you. And so today, we want you to connect to our life groups. Does anybody here get life at life groups? Come on, church. Make some noise for life groups. What are life groups? Life groups are home Bible studies where we have food, fun, and fellowship, where you get together once a week outside of this church and get to be able to hang out with people that can share life together. You get life. This is the most important thing other than coming to church here. You go to life groups and you get plugged in. Somebody say plug in. Thank you. Then can somebody say mentor. Thank you. And then mentorship, we have two books. And the first one starts with connecting, uh, I mean, the, the 101, which starts with just getting you the basic principles of Christianity. It shows you, can you turn it for me, please? It shows you how to grow in your faith. And as you do this one-on-one, -on -one, you can then graduate to the 201. If you're in discipleship and you love it today, can I hear an amen? Amen. That is what makes Metro Praise different. And then lastly, send to change the world. Can everybody go send? Thank you. We believe if we connect you to the cross through our services and life groups, then we teach you the cross and our discipleship. We can send you out to share the cross. There is an awesome possibility in this church right now for you to change the world. 
It is possible, but you have to join with the vision. If you just sit on your holy backside and then you begin to stink and that's why they call it a pew, then you are not doing what God called you to do. Come on. He wants you to get up off your holy backside, get up off the pews and get out there and change the world. We believe it's possible for us to see 100,000 disciples here with 50 churches in 500 around the world. If you believe it, say let's do it. Praise God. Will you open up your Bibles with me to the book of Psalm chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 as we prepare for tithe and offering today. So glad to see everybody here. If you want more information, you can see Berto in the back by our VIP center. Very important people, visitors can go back there and receive all the information you may be desiring. Turn with me please to Psalms chapter 1. As we're turning there, I want you to see the building fund where we're at. Uh, God showed up last week. Some people heard the cry of our heart for God to do something in us. And we've already raised uh, $13,813. Can we give it up for Jesus? Amen. $11,000 left to go. Do me a favor on your way out. Go check out the student center, the fellowship area. You'll see some brand new couches out there. You'll see what God is doing. We're also going to put some new things in our children's room. These are some of the things we had to do and to fix. But I want you to hear my heart today. There is always this thing that happens when we go through a fundraising time to build God's kingdom. There's the haves and the haves nots. The ones who have begin to give and they say, okay, I've got some extras. Okay, here you go. And then the have-nots kind of sit back and go, man, I don't have anything. And then eventually it goes on and on and on. And then the preacher, myself, begins to say, this is what we need. This is what we need. And then the haves kind of come back around and they go, okay, well, we've got some more. Well, here's two, three, four, five thousand, six thousand. Okay, here's some more. But I want to challenge this church because... I've been in places where I haven't had it either. And you may be feeling that way today as the have-nots. But there is something in the Bible called sacrifice. Can everybody say this word, sacrifice? Please, come on, say it again, sacrifice. Thank you. Now, I cannot tell you how to sacrifice. The Bible commands us to give 10%. We call that a tithe. Now, that's what we teach to everybody. And for some, maybe that is a sacrifice. But that isn't considered the sacrifice of the Bible. The sacrifice is what you give beyond that. It's, it's your offering. It's what you're doing to go beyond that. Because that tithe, according to the Bible, already belongs to God. That's His. It says you're giving back to God's what is God. That's what the Bible says, okay? So it's like God has already lent you that money. And He's like, are you going to give it back? That's the principle. You can read through the Bible. But the offering is when God says, you've put me first, you've, you've laid your tithe at the altar. And those offerings back then were, were meant for the temple, the upkeep, you know, what they were doing. And that was good. And for us, it's for the bills. When we get those tithes and offerings, it goes for the bills. And to all the things that we do here, once again, $8,000 a month to rent this place plus utilities. Just think about that. That's a lot of dinero. Can I hear an amen? That's a lot of dinero. Now... When, when they would give extra, it would be like, well, let's do more in the temple or let's give more to the hurting, more to the poor. And if you saw that couch in the back, it was getting raggedy. And if you're seeing our vans in the back, they're getting raggedy. Uh, you know, and, th and that's why this money is there. That extra 11000 is so we can do more of the good things God wants us to do and pay off the debt for the things we already have. And this is my point. When you sacrifice, God does something on 
your behalf that he wouldn't have done otherwise. And I know we think, well, that's not fair and God shouldn't have favorites. God does not have favorites according to age, race, money, culture. He doesn't pick out the rich or to pick out the poor and say, I like you, I don't like you. He does not have favorites like this. But he does favor those who favor his cause. He does bless those who bless him. He says, when you give, it shall be given back to you. Are you all listening to me? And Jesus says, it is better to give than it is to receive. If you're with me in Psalms 1, can you say I'm there? Amen. Would you put up the scripture for me, please, brother? Look at what it says. Psalms 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Okay, this is our last week doing building fun like this. We're going to actually do our financial report after Easter because... Uh, this is actually the first. We haven't even got our bank statements. So those of you who are generally you know, used to us doing it the first Sunday of the month, we give you uh, our, our financial reports. We can't do it because it just happened today, the first. And then Easter is going to happen. We're not going to talk about shekels and finances then. But when we come back the third week of April, we're probably just going to continue on uh, just doing what we did before, something like if we could ask everybody to give this to the building fund or give this to missions, we can proceed and do great things for God. It will just be an ongoing thing. Because obviously, you know, we haven't reached the goal of what we need. And, and that goal doesn't, that doesn't go away. It's not like we just sat down and made up numbers. That will have to be there. But the Bible starts off by saying, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Now the wicked will counsel you on a lot of things. How many know the wicked will give you their advice? Right, And then they'll give you their advice about a lot of stuff. They'll tell you about whether or not you should be going to this church, whether or not you should stop drinking because, you know, they're going to tell you a little bit at the club is not too bad and, you know, whether or not, you, you know, you should do X, Y, and Z. Well, guess what they also want to talk about? They also want to talk about tithe and offering. Don't give your money to that church. But the Bible says, blessed is the person who doesn't listen to the wicked. Don't listen to what they have to say. The next thing, or stand in the way of sinners. You know where sinners stand? Well, sinners stand when Hunger Games opens up. They get there early so they can be at the midnight showing. Don't, 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 don't judge me quickly yet, but let me finish. And they go there and they give to Hunger Games, but they don't give to what we're doing here. You see, sinners will stand at you know, Six Flags, Great America. They'll stand there, pay money for overpriced products, go on roller coasters. Whee! They'll do all of that, but they won't stand at this altar. Hello. They won't stand and give. And let's keep going. Or sit in the seat of mockers. And you know what? There's people that are sitting back and they'll mock and go, and look at that church. Look at those Christians. They'll mock you. They'll give you advice. Then they'll stand where they want to stand. And then they'll watch you stand where you're trying to stand. And then they'll mock and make fun of you. And I want you to hear today, my friends, if you feel like you're in that category of the, of the have-nots and you're starting to listen to what the wicked are saying and they're starting to say, see, look, that church don't care about you. They just care about couches and this. They don't care about anybody. You need to stand with us on Sunday morning. Come on, we're going to the Great America Six Flags opening. You need to stand with us. And, and then, they, then we're going to laugh at the others who are still the suckers who are doing it. But you see, there's a problem with those folks. They're the opposite of blessed. They're cursed. The Bible says blessed 
And that word blessed means empowered to prosper. Can everybody say empowered to prosper? Thank you. Empowered to prosper is the man or woman who does not listen to the counsel or advice of the wicked, stand in the way of the sinner, or sit in the seat of the mockers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. Now let's keep going. Verse 3. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers whatever he does i need a church to believe in some prosperity today whatever he does come on y'all you see they are cursed they can't prosper the bible says it the wicked are not so they are like the chaff that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the lord watches over the way of the righteous he watches over them but the way of the wicked will perish here's it here it is last sunday to let god use you to do something great here the moment we got through the shekels to the point where we could get a couple extra things the first thing you saw us do is we got the couches and children's ministries getting more okay, if we could put it back up the slide please that remaining 11,000 part of that needs to pay off debt and then you know what guess what we'll do we're going to get another minivan because our minivan is starting to break down and then guess what else we're going to do? We're going to put up some signs so that people can see us. Those little signs we have on the building now were meant to be replaced after the grand opening. They were never meant to be here two years later. But that was something that we had to say, okay, we can't afford it right now, so we'll just put up these little dinky signs. We want to fill the window with one big sign that says, come join us Sundays at 9-11, metropraise.org. That whole window to be a banner. Are you all listening to me? And so some are saying, well, pastor, I'm in the have-not crowd. And Jesus is saying to you, sacrifice, because he will bless your sacrifice. Read through the Bible of what God does when people make sacrifices. They take the little that they have and they put it before God. Remember we talked about the widow. She dropped in those couple of pennies and God said she is blessed. She gave more than them all. And this is what he's saying through Psalms is, is don't listen to what these naysayers or even doubts are saying. Believe what he said. He said you would prosper. You would be like that tree planted by a stream of water. Water. You will have leaves and fruit grow from your, your, your branches, and whatever you do will prosper. I just want to share with you today, one last time, would you help us? We so desperately need it. We've never built this church on manipulation. We're not going to lie to you to get it. We're not going to threaten you. At this point, moving forward, you either heard from God or you didn't. That's just my, my thinking. I mean, I just, I can't go beyond that. I just know this is what I felt I heard from God. You get what I'm saying? I felt I heard from God say, we need another minivan. That's, I thought, I thought God told me, I thought God told me to put in the new, I really felt that that was it. I mean, if you're talking about baby needs some new shoes, let's go ahead and paint the town red. That number could have been a hundred thousand. I mean, we whittled it down to that smallest number. It was like, what do we desperately need? As I said, the couch was ripping apart. The, the TV that we have right now in the children's room is sitting on a cart and it's huge. We're going to get the new kind of flat screen with a stand. You know, it's going to be more pre presentable, less of a hazard for the children. Not that this one was dangerous, but it's just less out of the way. It's more convenient for them. We're doing things that hopefully 
you care about. Would you put up the mission slide for me, please? Let me share with you something that's really exciting right now. We are also supporting 200-plus churches, and I want you to be in prayer right now because I have had a friend on Facebook. He's in the southern part of India, a couple hours away from Pastor Amit, and he's been my friend, Jabez, on Facebook. Anybody's seen him? He's been on my Facebook page lately. Well, he's been using our materials. He's got a Bible college there and everything, and, uh, you know, he was just using our stuff. Just That's okay. Go ahead and use it. Well, he said as he was using it, God began to speak to him about joining with us. And I said, sure, man, go ahead, you know, take a look at the thing, and, you know, we'd love to have you join with us. And I didn't know much about him other than he had a Bible school. And we interviewed him this Thursday, and I just want you to get an understanding of this. We interviewed him this Thursday. He is the largest apostle at this point to have joined with us. He has 89 churches thousands of believers in a Bible college and we asked them two and three times why do you want to do this? You're non-denominational you've been doing fine on your own we're not promising you any monies he said I know, I know, I know he said but I've been using these materials the heart for discipleship is permeating my soul and he says with these 89 churches and these pastors he says I've got to raise them up in discipleship and so he said I said one more time I said watch the video this week we all prayed from pastor Amit was there we all prayed from we said watch the video again he watched the video again we have under the revolution he sent us an email and he says I want to apply to be in Metro pray so I just want you to hear this if he joins with us we will now have over 300 Metro praises around the world come on somebody would you stand to your feet I know people don't believe it I know some don't believe it but Adam, you've been there. You've seen it. Are we telling the truth, Mormano? Amen. I know some don't believe it, but God is doing it. And he's doing it through Metro Praise. So, my friends, when you give to building, you're supporting here. When you give to missions, you're supporting what we do out there. Let's pray. Father God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to bless us, to prosper us. God, to cause all things to work together for good. We want to be that blessed man or woman, God. We want to be those that, Lord, you can prosper to give so that we can give more. Lord, we rebuke the spirit of pride. We rebuke the spirit of poverty. And we ask you, God, to prosper your people. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Clear out this debt so we can do more good things and get our hearts on the mission fields where thousands are coming to know you, God, and they're using these materials, God. We ask you to be with the politicians and our leaders during this time of transition that, Lord, they would be available, Father God, to hear from you and that our economy, God, would be uplifted by, the, by your wisdom through them. In the precious, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. If you love the Lord, can I hear you say amen? Amen. Let's say what the Apostle Paul said on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you give? Thank you so much today. God bless you. Will you turn with me to Luke chapter 15, verse 1? 
Luke chapter 15, verse 1. And as you're turning there, can you look at your neighbor and say, the one? Come on, we are going to talk today about the one because we want to focus on one person at a time. Your five that you're praying for are individuals. We don't want to look past them just as a number. They are special and important to God. Each person matters to Jesus. Can I hear you say the one? Thank you. Those of you who have been with us for a time, you've probably already heard the message before. I have tweaked it a little bit for this time, and I pray that it will bless you even as you hear it right now. Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus is being made fun of or really persecuted by the, uh, the people he hangs around or, or the Pharisees are, are saying, why does he hang around with these kind of people? Let's join in this story. Look at verse 1 of chapter 15 of Luke. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Everybody say, tax collectors, thank you, and sinners, thank you. Uh, the tax collectors of that day would be like the mafia. You know how mafias kind of, they find ways around uh, uh, businesses to cut corners and to make money. They do it shrewdly and dishonestly. Well, that's what the tax collectors would do. They would kind of run their schemes to make more money. And sinners, obviously, were people who weren't God-fearing or living for God. So the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now, the Pharisees were Jewish religious people of that day that thought they were better than everybody else because they kept the Jewish laws. And in one sense, they were doing right. You know, they weren't stealing, murdering, killing. But what had happened is they put on so many traditions on top of what they did that the Bible never commanded, like the way they washed their hands and the way they decorated their clothes and how often they would pray publicly in the town square. They made a show of their religion, and then anybody who didn't have that exact form of religion they would make fun of and persecute so the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered talking about Jesus this man welcomes sinners and eats with them then Jesus told them this parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them can somebody say one of them thank you so you have a hundred you lose one how many do you have left y'all 99, thank you. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? So what does Jesus do? You know, he gives them a parable to help expose their religiosity that's false. He says, guys, you're getting upset with me that I'm hanging around sinners and tax collectors, but let's say you had 100 sheep and you lost one. Come on, wouldn't you go out and go get that one? You'd leave the 99 and make sure that one was saved? That's what he's giving them as an illustration. Verse 5, and when he, caught, when he finds it, talking about the shepherd finding that lost sheep, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then now Jesus applies it to, to lost souls. He says, I tell you that in the same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. Can, can everybody say one sinner? Thank you. One sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. The story is simple. Jesus has sinners and tax collectors, mafia, cheaters hanging around him. The religious people get upset and say, why are you hanging around these dirty sinners? He says to them, if you had 100 sheep and you lost one, wouldn't you leave the 99 and go after the one? He says, that's what I'm here to do, to go after the one that's lost, the sinners, the tax collectors. That's who he loves. Amen? And he says, when those sinners, when they repent, there is rejoicing in heaven. And you know, there is no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't 
Amen. So there's no party like a Holy Ghost party. So let's look here at what Jesus is specifically saying. He says, I tell you, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. Can somebody say one sinner? Thank you. Than over the 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. He was talking about the one. Can I hear you say the one? Amen. The one person in your life that does not know Jesus. Now, I want you to notice the biblical language here. What does Jesus call that one person? A cute person, one cute person, one abuela, one grandma. No, does he call them by name? No, he says one sinner. See, the sad truth is, my friends, if they do not know Jesus, they're sinners. It doesn't matter if it's your grandmother. It doesn't matter if it's your coworker. It doesn't matter if it's a young child. It doesn't matter who it is. When the Bible talks about people who do, do not know Jesus, they call them sinners. Now, this is new for a lot of our preaching today, but it's really old. It should never have changed. I think of some of my friends, and I have no problem against this, you know, like it's Easter time and we want people to come to our church, so what are we going to do? We're going to get a helicopter to drop 10,000 eggs on an Easter egg hunt down in our parking lot. And so when the Easter eggs fall down, all the kids scream and then they hear about Jesus. My friends, I, you know, I don't have any problem with people wanting to drop 10,000 eggs out of, an Easter, uh, out of a helicopter to draw people to come. But it was, was that Jesus' method? Was Jesus' method, hey, Peter, look, you go up there to that mountain. We're going to think of some pagan thing they're all doing down here. We'll imitate it and then have everybody come. And then when they come, I'll pop out of a cake or something and go, ta-da, here I am. And then he'll start tap dancing. Pum, 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 pum. Is that how Jesus did it? I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with all of these outreach. We do outreaches, but I just think it goes so over the top. Like, <laughs> like, okay, so you did the helicopter this week. What are we gonna have next week? A B-52 bomber, you know? Next year, poof, drop it, God. Poof, 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 and I mean, I just what happened to preaching the gospel? Why is it not good enough anymore? Why, why does it need everything on top of it? The gospel plus a motorcycle jumping, rapping, juggling person sideshow. Why can't it just be Jesus in the gospel? I, I don't understand. And then when you get all these people around, it, it, it's like they get offended so easily. It's like they begin to think to themselves, well, I'm a pretty good person, you know. I mean, I'm okay. I'm just here getting some Easter eggs. I'm having fun. How, do, how well do you think that people would receive the message now of Jesus? You're a sinner. You have sin, and you need to repent. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you how it goes. It, it goes just like how it's gone for me so many times when I'm at those events. I remember one time we were doing a back-to-school party. You know, this was to give things to the children of the inner city. And we're out there, you know, meeting the people. And I see a mother with a child, and I begin to say, Hey, you know what? Did you get all your free after, you know, back to school stuff? Yeah, yeah, I got all that good stuff. And I'm like, great, great. Do you mind if I share with you the truth about Jesus Christ and the good news of salvation? She's like, sure, yeah, no problem. And I go, well, the first thing is, you know, the Bible says we're all born sinners. And, and you know, we sin because that's who we are. And Jesus came to die on the cross for, for our sins. And she was like, yeah, but, but I'm not a sinner. 
you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a pretty good person. And I said, no, no, you, you know, you've sinned and I've sinned. And, and, you know, there's like the little music in the background. There's like the clown walking by, you know, making the balloon thing. And, and all of a sudden you can feel like the conversation. It's getting a little intense now. I'm not a thinner. And I'm like, have you ever told a lie? Yeah, well, I've told lies. I'm, do you understand lying is against the word of God? And we get to this point, and then she starts to get a little, you know, her little tail feathers ruffled, you know. And, and then we get to the point where I'm like, okay, do you understand? You're a sinner now. This is, oh, okay, well, we all sin. I go, that's right, we all sin, but we get forgiven. She goes, yeah, but I don't think I need to do that. You know, I, I go to my own church, and what she was basically saying was she does confession. And I said, no, Bible doesn't say you confess to somebody else. I said, you got to confess to Jesus and be born again. Well, I don't want to do that. And I said, that's fine. You know, we're here. We're serving you. We look like I could tell she was offended. I said, but I want you to understand something. If you died without Jesus today, you would go to hell. And if you're not teaching, because she had her daughter there, and if you're not teaching your daughter to be born again, she can go to hell. How well do you think she received that after after school party? Okay. And then I began to say to myself at that point, I said, never again will I bribe and trick people to come and hear that message. I, I said, never again will I bribe and trick people. I mean, it, yes, we love this community. We do things for free all the time. We will continue to do those things out there. But we will be very clear to the organizers of those events and different events. This is how we preach. This is what we say. Because you can go to hell with the Red Cross. You can go to hell with, uh, you know, uh, Amway or whatever, the Peace Corps. You can go to hell being a part of the Salvation Army. Jesus said, one sinner who repents. That's what you have to do, my friend. You can't come and trick people into the kingdom of God. I love people. Jesus loved people. But notice what he called them, what he called us. He said, sinners. And what must sinners do? Come on, say it like you know. They must repent. Thank you for coming to church this morning. Come on. Now look here quickly to Luke chapter 19, verse 9 through 10. We don't have time to read the whole story. But here's a perfect example of Jesus reaching out to one person. Zacchaeus climbs the sycamore tree. And he, he's a small guy. And he heard about Jesus coming with the crowds. And he said, man, I can't find Jesus. I won't be able to see him when all the crowds come. So the Bible says he climbed up on top of a sycamore tree to get a good lookout of what you know, when Jesus would come. And so here he is hiding up in a sycamore tree and Jesus comes and he begins to, you know, look for Jesus. And Jesus is drawn to this man because of his tenacity. And Jesus says, hey, you, I want to come to your house today for lunch. And Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a sinner, but he felt so honored. Jesus picked me. Jesus loves me. And so he came to Jesus came to Zacchaeus' house, and guess what Jesus did there? Jesus preached to him, and Zacchaeus repented of his sin, and then he began to actually take the money he had and began to say, all the people I've ripped off, I'm going to start giving it away again. I mean, you know that's true repentance for a greedy person. Hello. Have a me or an amen to that. You know a greedy person when you see them, they're as stingy as stingy can be. And if they start giving away their money, now you know they got saved. Because they repented. And then Jesus says to the guest, to everybody in Zacchaeus' house, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. It doesn't mean we don't love them or we're rude or we mistreat them. It's that we need to understand our purpose is to find sinners. To find those that are lost. 
and bring them back to Jesus. The way I like to look at it is this. Jesus has one purpose, seek and save the lost. And that day his purpose was to save Zacchaeus. And the question that I want to ask you today, who is, you, who is in your purpose to go out and save? Not that you're their savior, but the message brings them salvation. So it's like, you know, uh, you're, you're in a boat, you're seeing somebody drown, you throw them out a life jacket or some type of a, a preserver. You're not saving them in actuality, the preserver is, but your effort of throwing it out and bringing them in is what is being used to save them. Are you guys getting, getting the point here? And so what Jesus is saying, whoever goes out and wins souls, he calls it soul winning in Proverbs. Whoever wins souls must be wise. And so we are called to go out and be soul winners, to preach the gospel, to be that, that lighthouse in a dark world, to reach out to people so they can see the shore and say, come on in, or to throw out that lifeboat, that life preserver to those that are drowning. And my question to you today is, who is the one in your life? that's drowning next to you, that you could share your faith with. And maybe right now you have some excuses about why you can't do that. We're going to watch a video. Some of you remember from last year, but we're going to watch a video about those who make excuses and what happens to them, okay? So, brother, would you put up this video? It's called The Evangelism Linebacker. Some of you remember, and if you don't do evangelism, this uh, may very well happen to you. So make sure that you are ready to share your faith because you never know where he will be. Come on, let's go on and play it. Thank Here you. Here at the National Institute for Student Ministries, we've discovered a new method of evangelism that is shaking the very foundation of our thinking. It may appear unorthodox, but frankly, we're shocked with the results. We're amazed at this revolutionary idea, especially designed to boost student evangelism. Why did I want to be the evangelism linebacker? Well, let me put it to you like this. Yeah, baby! Next time I'm going to hit you so hard, you're going to fly. NASA's going to think I didn't launch a satellite. You see, as a fish was created to swim in water, as a bird was created to fly, I was created to knock people out who don't evangelize. The evangelism linebacker deals directly with a variety of students' fears associated with sharing their faith. All right, it's all you. This house has got your name on it. I'm not ready yet. What makes you think I'm ready, though? Fear of rejection, for example. Let me talk to you about fear. Fourth and one, Jerry Rice, what you gonna do? That don't compare to fourth and one in eternity. It doesn't matter who rejects us because we're always accepted by Christ. God loves you. Get off the flow and go door to door. Can we talk to you for a minute? I'm a lover, not a fighter, baby. He loves you, but it might hurt. Sometimes I'll blow you up, but it's because I love you. Yeah, but just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I need to be out sharing my faith. I mean, ah! Don't you run from me! You can't escape my class! Declare and throw you in the trash! Thanks to the evangelism linebacker, campus evangelism nationwide is up 87%. Ah! Hey, I can't go to the outreach today. I got, I just got some more important things I got to do. Uh-huh. Hey, man, give me a break. I went to church on Sunday. I got to go. Selfishness? The world needs a message. For God so loved the world, he wants to communicate it through you. If you procrastinate, you will open up the gate to a beat. 
down. Give me that phone, boy. When I see selfishness, it is my job to blow them up. That's what I do. I blow them up so that they can get their eyes off of self and look at Christ, the prize. What's up, baby girl? Nah, I'm busy. We're intrigued as the linebacker is particularly effective in infiltrating centers of cultural and intellectual exchange. Here you go. Here's your double cappuccino latte mocha with a twist. Not too hot, not too cold. Perfect for you. Anyway, man, did you hear that talk from that guy the other night? Oh, I know. Like, we were supposed to be sharing our faith in, like, coffee shop. Woo! Woo! Shut out in a coffee shop, baby! You next! It's unlikely that the recent decline in coffee sales has anything to do with our program. Pride comes before the fall. That's Old Testament! You know this? Thanks for the coffee, Darren. Hey, you're welcome. Have a nice day. Yo, mama raised you better than this boy. Don't let me blow you up no more. You see, I think it's fitting because when people have pride, that they're too prideful to share their faith. What I do is I knocks the pride out of them. What I would like to around the corner, perhaps even under your bed, I can be in a phone wire, I can be everywhere, and just know that I'm always watching, ready to lay the boom on you, baby! Booyah! Ouch. Are you ready for game day? Hey, man, come on, give it up. So, Berto, we're going to make you the evangelism linebacker for our church, and he's going to blow you up. You know, we make excuses why we can't evangelize. I want you to look at what I think are the top ten excuses to why people don't evangelize. Number ten, my purpose is to raise my children to play professional sports. So you're too busy to do anything for God because it's number one priority is to get your children in professional sports. Number nine, my purpose is to be the best TV and movie watcher I can be. So you can't miss anything. You've got to be at home glued to your TV because if you don't, you will not be the best TV watcher. Number eight, my purpose is to save my time and money for Six Flags. So you can't do outreaches. You can't give extra. It's number one priority for you is Six Flags. And some of you have already circled the season pass ticket date when it's released. You've got your coupons. You're ready. Number seven, my purpose is to just help those who help me. You know, so what have these people done for me? You know, what, what have they done for me? I, you know, I don't need to help them. I'll just help those around me. Number six, my purpose is to remain shy and afraid of strangers. A lot of shy people here, and they just, oh, I'm shy. That's what I'm supposed to be. God made me that way. Number five, my purpose is to only save my close family. Now, that sounds religious. You know, I've heard people say, my ministry is these four in, in my house. But, you know, it's not your four and no more, baby. Come on, it's your four, then the whole world. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Number four, my purpose is to just help the pastor reach people. That's what sometimes people think. Well, my pastor, he doesn't help me do my job. You know, I work 9 to 5, 40 hours a week. Why should I help him do his job? His job is to preach and get him saved. It's not my job to do that. I'll just help give him some money so he can do it. So you push it off onto one person to do it all, all the job of evangelism. Number three, my purpose is to stay busy with my life until I'm ready. Everybody go, ooh. 
See, these last three are not really funny. They're pretty serious, aren't they? My purpose is just to stay busy. I'm just so busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I got to do my laundry. I got to go here. I got to go there. I'm so busy. Everybody go busy like you're a busy little bee. Number two, my purpose is to be offended when asked to be a real disciple. Do you know that we've actually had people leave our church? While we've been in the middle of outreaches like Boricua Fest, we've been in the time of getting people ready to go out to Humble Park, and there was a family that was missing, and we just couldn't understand why. I mean, they would come all the time. They complimented me, and I happened to be at that time in India, you know, helping see people come to the Lord in villages. And uh, we finally got a hold of them. Ishmael called them up and said, man, what is going on? And they said, well, you know, you guys just kept talking about Boricua Fest and everybody going out there. And, uh, you know, we just don't feel it's our thing. And we got kind of offended when you kept saying over and over again that if we don't do this, we're not really disciples. Hello. Thank you for making room for those who want to go. That's all I got to say, baby. Hey, we love you, but if you don't want to come, chugga, chugga, choo-choo, we will go on without you, baby, because we will make room for those who want to go. Amen? And this church will tell you that. Now, here's my thing. If you don't want to be to a church that doesn't tell you that, I mean, i got five churches right now that will make you feel special just because you showed up on Sunday. I mean, they'll make you feel like you are the winner, winner, chicken dinner. You just won the bingo game. Oh, we're so happy every, I mean, it's all about this. No, we're not going to let you get away with that here, amen? We're going to ask you to come follow Jesus and be a fisher of men like he told his disciples. Go into all the world and make disciples. Hallelujah. Why? Because your family, your friends, your co-workers are depending on it. And then the number one excuse, it's this heart issue. Of course, nobody would actually say this out loud, but it's the heart. My purpose is to make my life about me and not God's purpose. And we're going to play another video here today. i got some media things to help stir your heart and emotions. But my dad just sent this to me the other day. And before we play it, uh, my dad is transitioning to a new church. They had gone through just some hard times. And there's, uh, you know, a, a lot of people left. And now there's a lot of new people coming. And the new people coming don't know anything about evangelism or preaching and teaching. And my dad is just beginning to have a tug of war, you know, like some want to do it, some don't. And he said, Joe, I, I watched this video. It's an old song by Keith Green. And he said, I so thought about you in Metro Praise. I want to encourage you with it. And while I was watching it, I'm telling you, tears began to come in my eyes because I knew this as a Bible college student. And I hope today, it's not the scripture, but he's singing about scripture, but I hope today that we can be fulfilling what Keith Green is talking about. Amen. Would you play this video and song? It's from the 70s, so I think you'll tell that, but uh, it has a tremendous point. Do you see? Do you see? All the people sinking down Don't you care, don't you care Are you gonna let them drown? How can you be so numb Not to care if they come You close your eyes and pretend The job's done Bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord you know, it's all I ever hear No one aches, 
no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. How many sense the heart of that song? That song is so powerful. You know, we pretend like the job's done and it's not. The job isn't done. There are thousands of people today in your life, in this city, millions that are dying without Christ. They're going to suffer for eternity in hell. And Jesus gave us the good news, the gospel to preach to them. 
quickly, let me give you five ways to preach, to seek and save the lost. Please write these down. Number one, pray for the lost. That's what we talked about last week, 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 7, to pray for all to be saved, to pray that all people would come to know the Lord. Five minutes a day for five people has changed my wife and I's life. It's something that's brought us together. We've been praying individually on our own, but by praying together, it's been blessing us, and now we're going to continue it on for who knows over how long even after Easter, and I ask you to develop something in your life, in your marriage, in your family, with your friends that would design, be designed to pray for the lost. Number two, to seek opportunities with the lost. John 4, 4 through 6, the Bible talks about Jesus strategically sitting down next to the woman at the well. Here she is getting water. That's what she had to do to drink. And Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go talk to her because she's got to get water anyway. Why not talk to her? And you could begin to get strategic and say, I'm going to meet at the lunch room you know everybody's got to come anyway or I'll go hang out with them after work at the at the place the barn grill that they go to you can find time uh, young people after school with your friends and begin to seek opportunities ask God just like I've been praying for my neighbor and now I get the chance to have a lunch with them pray for opportunities say God I, I want to have an opportunity to share with them Number three, when you get that opportunity, share your testimony. First John chapter 1, 1 through 4 talks about your testimony being the most important witness you can ever share with somebody. You may not know all the theological terms. You may not know all the Bible verses, but you can simply say, this is what God has done to me. I used to be this type of a person. T say who you were before, then say how you met Jesus, and now say who you've been since you've met Jesus. So it's three ways. And I'll say, you know, I was a high school dropout at 18. I was on drugs. But then I met the Lord at my mom's kitchen table. She prayed for me. And since then, God has been in my life. He's blessed me with a great family and a beautiful future. Okay, so who you were, who, how you met Jesus, and who you are now, share your testimony. Number four, preach grace and truth to the lost. John 1.17 talks about the message is two-sided. It's not just all judgment. They're going to hell. And it's not just God loves them and everybody gets to go to heaven. It's two-sided. It's like lemonade. The main component is water. The main component in preaching the gospel is the Holy Spirit. The lemon, the tartness, is the law, the thing that will convict them. And the sweetness, the sugar, is the, is the, uh, the, uh, the truth of, uh, excuse me, the, the, um, the lemon is the tartness. That is the truth, the law that will convict them. And then the sugar is the grace and mercy of God. With the Spirit of God, you mix it together, you have lemonade. Water, lemon, and sugar. Are you guys with me? Water, spirit, lemon is the truth. Grace is the uh, sugar. And that's what God wants you to do. Tell them, yes, you're a sinner. You don't go to heaven without Jesus. But here's the good news. He died on the cross for sinners. I was a sinner. You remember the testimony I just told you? My pastor was a sinner, probably the worst of all sinners, you know. And God forgave him. Him, God will forgive you. And then lastly, 2 Corinthians 5, 20-21, you can invite them to know Jesus. That doesn't just mean invite them to church. You can invite them to know Jesus right where you are and simply say, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. And you can teach them a real simple prayer like my mother did with me. You know, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I believe you're the Lord. You died on the cross, rose again on the third day. If you need help with any of this, Jared, would you raise your hand? He's in charge of our evangelism. Thank you. Just don't sit there and do nothing. Start to pray. 
Start to seek opportunities. Don't be shy. Don't think the job is done. Don't close your eyes as the song was singing. And then begin to share your testimony. They share their stories about getting drunk at the bar. They share with you about their favorite sport teams. You share with them what God has done in your life. And then when you tell them the truth, tell it with grace and truth. And let them hear both sides. God does love you. God does care about you. He did die on the cross. But it's because you're a sinner. It's because of the wicked things you and I have done. And then lastly, say, can I pray with you right now? Do you want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Parents, do it with your children. Do it on the job. Do you know that Ricky just led his coworker, a police officer, to the Lord last Saturday? Let's give it up for Officer Rivera. Come on. And I met this young man. He's a, he's, he's a young man, and I met him. He had scriptures written on his arm so he wouldn't forget while he was out there doing his job. And I'm saying to myself, praise God, if Ricky can do it in a squad car with a police officer, how much more can you and I do it at the appropriate times? Amen? And the last thing that I want to ask you to do is I want you to start thinking about that one right now. And then as you think about them, think of those five more and say, God, each one of them are special. My purpose is to seek and save who? Who is that person you want to see saved? And then believe God with me for five. Obviously, if you brought one, I would be happy. But I believe we can bring five. Because Jesus would seek and save one a day, it looked like. Amen? It seemed like Jesus was always seeking and saving. Praise God. And so you've got seven days, just one per day. You'll have seven Seek and save the lost. Now, I want you to prepare this video for me, gentlemen in the back, please. There's the story of the Holocaust. And uh, Oscar Schindler was a man that saw the, atrocity, uh, that, the, the atrocities rather, that were being done to the Jewish people. He was a German citizen. And what he did is he said, if I can save people from going to these concentration camps, then hopefully I can save their life. And so what Schindler does, what he begins to do is he begins to make the, they're just going to pause it for you here so everybody look up at me, he's just setting the video. What he did is he made his company a front, like an underground railroad, a front so that he could buy all these Jews and call them employees, but really do it to save their lives. Because if he wouldn't have employed them and put them in his job, they would have been taken off to concentration camps. Well, the last part of the movie that I want you to see right here is when now the, uh, the Allied forces have taken over and they're occupying Germany. They're setting the people free. And now the people who were a part of Germany's uh, higher echelon are now going to be charged as war criminals because they were a part of, you know, sending these people to the gas chambers. And so now he has to go run and hide, but they want to make sure that he's safe and that people know that he was really an underground good guy. He wasn't the bad guys because... You know, we're looking for the bad guys now, right? And so this is him having the conversation with the Jewish people. Uh, would you play the video, please? That's okay, gentlemen. Take your time. We've written a letter trying to explain things in case you were captured. Every worker has signed it.
Hebrew from the Talmud. It says, whoever saves one life, saves the world entire. stand I want to ask you a question when your day comes when you face Jesus Christ will you be able to say that you gave it your all or will you feel like you could have reached out to one more how much time have we wasted in this life how many conversations have we had with people that we don't turn to God but God is saying this is your opportunity this is the time. This is the time. And we get afraid. We get shy. And we don't want to embarrass them or embarrass ourselves. And God is saying, this is it. I'm reminded of my friend named Blaine, who this time last year was my wakeboarding friend. We would wakeboard every week together. And I put a post on his Facebook that said, I would love to see you at the Easter service. It was the last post on his Facebook. I'm going to put it up for second service. The last post on his Facebook before he threw himself in front of a train. They did the funeral here. Blame. 
when I stand before God, God is going to look me square in the eyes. I'm going to be on my face. So are you. We're going to be at his feet. And then he's going to look us face to face. And he's going to say one of two things. Well done. Or why didn't you? And I hope he says to me, Joe, well done. Because I was on that boat and we had awkward conversations. And he would get offended and he would tell me he didn't want to talk about it anymore. But then he would know I loved him. So we would move on to other things. And then he saw that post. I know that he did because he wrote right after that something about something else. But the last person's friend post that was there was mine. I know he saw it. And so my friends, my hands are clean from his soul when I see him on judgment day. But I'm asking you a question. How many are in your life that God will say to you on judgment day, you didn't tell them, you didn't warn them, you didn't share with them my love? There's a story about a keeper of the lighthouse. One of these New England, you know, lighthouses out there on the East Coast. And this was in the time, you know, there's no electricity. you got to keep it with kerosene light, kerosene lamps burning. And they have to rotate all throughout the night hours. Well, one day a man fell asleep while a ship was coming in, carrying people. The ship couldn't see the shoreline because the light went out, crashed into the rocks, and every person died. They tried him for involuntary manslaughter because it was your fault. What do you think is going to happen on Judgment Day when your friends, your family are being held accountable for their sins and they're going to yell out to you and say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you keep the lighthouse burning? Why didn't you remind me? I want us as a church to keep the lamp burning, to keep it bright, not to do it out of offense or disrespect, but to tell them we don't want you to crash. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He'll be your friend. He wants sinners to repent and know him. Altar workers, would you come? We've got to dismiss in prayer today. I thank you for coming. You know we can't do all that we need to do today, so some of you got to go home and pray. But I ask you for this next week, would you get tenacious with me to see people come this Easter? Would you go out and share it with somebody? Would you go out and seek and save the lost? Father, bless this church as we go out and be your evangelists. Anoint us with the words to speak. Give us the opportunities, God, to share our faith. Lord, you've brought these people into our life, and we now want to use these opportunities to see them come to you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Can you bless him right now? Come on. Amen. We're going to leave these altars open as we worship. If you want us to pray with you for your family, we're here. Or if you have any prayer requests, we would love to pray with you. We're going to dismiss now. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you here packed out for Easter. Come early to get a good seat. God bless you. We cry to you. We cry.